God, thank you for being here today. God is faithful, saints. God is so faithful. And thank you for your words, Rufus. It, it has been 19 years, amen, not including seminary. Gail, Gail wouldn't let me say that, but I can say it up here now. <laughs> but God is faithful. Saints, we have been in a new sermon series called what? The Chosen. Has anyone started watching it? All right, good, good. If you haven't started watching it, it is on, uh, it is, the information is in our bulletin on the last page. There is actually an app you can download on your phone and you can watch all the movies or you can also go to our website. I believe if you go to the Life Connect area where our Bible study classes are, you can find the videos as well as download the lessons. So thank you for participating in this series. Tell your neighbor, you are chosen. You are chosen. Let us pray. Gracious and holy God, thank you for your presence, your love, your peace, your hope, and your grace. We pray, Holy Spirit, that through this message, we can experience you. We can hear you, and most importantly, we can experience transformation through you. We honor you and we glorify your mighty and magnificent name, our precious Lord, our Redeemer, and our friend. We pray all these prayers in the mighty name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said, amen and amen. Praise God. So we are in this new sermon series called The Chosen, and it's helping us to get ready for the Easter season. What's this upcoming week? What's this coming Wednesday? Ash Wednesday. And what are we supposed to be doing on Ash Wednesday? Getting ashes. Where can we go? Here. At what time? 12 o'clock. Where else can we go? Over at Bridge City Church. What time is that? Yeah, it starts at 7, but you can eat at 6. <laughs> you can eat at 6. For those of you, some, sometimes we know you fast because we are preparing to enter the season of Lent, the time of reflection and renewal and trying to make sure we understand why we do the things that we do. So we are in this sermon series called The Chosen, and we watched episode one last week. And so this coming week, we're going to be watching episode two together. And the episode two is called The Sabbath. So if you join one of our Life Connect groups, which tomorrow I believe is Marvin, you're tomorrow, right? Late Pastor Marvin is Monday, uh, uh, Pastor Antonia is Tuesday, Uh, Katie and Walter, Late Pastor Katie and Late Pastor Walter are on Wednesday, and Reginald is uh, on Wednesday here in person. And for those that need a little alternate, you can join Late Pastor Sylvia's class because her focus is on the Easter season as well. And do not forget, tell your neighbor, don't forget. You can come early on Sunday mornings and join Anna's class for Sunday school. So we have every group covered. There is not a place in this church that you cannot find a Bible study class. So we want you all to join in as we understand why we are chosen. So when we looked at this movie, when you all watched this movie this week, you're going to notice that there are two groups. Say two groups. There are going to be two groups of people that all of us are familiar with. We see these people all the time. Even now in our current modern day lives, we see these two groups every single day. Say again, two groups. The first group is people who live their everyday lives as if there is no God. They get up, they go to work, they do all sorts of things, 
and they have no faith, no belief, and they, they just live their lives as if there's no God, there's no eternity, we're not going to die. I really don't understand how they think, but I know that they are a group of people that exist. Then there's an, the other group, the second group of people who get up every single morning realizing that there is a God, that they live their lives understanding that one day we're all trying to get to heaven and trying to get to eternity. Which group do you belong to? Why'd y'all pause on that? <laughs> like y'all was uncertain which group y'all belong to. <laughs> Hopefully, since we're all in this building today at church and we're online watching church, we belong to group number two, right? People who get up and live our lives like we believe there's a God. So in this movie that we're watching, you'll see that there are the Jewish people. And the Jewish people are trying their very best to live their lives like there is a God. They get up every day trying to do things that please God. Every single day they are following rules and trying to do things the right way. And we would wonder why are they doing all of these things? Why do they have all of these rules? Well, you see, saints, they come from a history, a legacy of people. Remember the Jewish people at this time when, when Jesus was coming into the world, their stories that they told, just like Rufus stood up here and, and Gail stood up here and gave us those black history moments, well, their historical moments would be that our people crossed the Red Sea. They would tell stories about how they were enslaved in Egypt and that Moses went up to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. And so those were their stories. So how would you, if you were the child or the young person experiencing this faith of people, you would believe what your grandparents had said they experienced, right? You would believe that grandma and grandpa or great-grandma and great-grandpa had crossed the Red Sea and they had been through all of these things to get to the promised land. So think about this. If you're the person that knows your great-grandparents knew Moses, <laughs> or your grandparents knew Moses, you would try to live your life the correct way, right? So when God gave the Jewish people rules or commandments after the parting of the Red Sea, he gave them the Ten Commandments, right? So if you knew that your parents and all your ancestors had went through all those things, would you try to live your life like you knew God? I think so. So here it is. God has given them the Ten Commandments. And in the movie, you'll see they are actively trying to live by these commandments. Does anyone know what the Ten Commandments are? Any one of them? Go ahead. Thou shalt not kill. Why is that the one we always remember? <laughs> you don't even have to be a Christian. You remember that one. What else? What is the other Ten Commandments? Thou shalt not steal, and a, thou shalt have not fa false gods or idols. Karen, you said no, no other gods, no other gods before me. Wait, what did you say, Regina? Oh, do not bear false witness against another. Amen. I heard someone on this side. No committing adultery. 
Honor thy parents, right? Honor thy parents. And I heard someone say, remember the Sabbath. Oh, y'all are a group of smart people. <laughs> so if I had to ask y'all, how many of those have, do you follow every single day without fault? I mean, not messing up none of them. We all good on the murder one, right? <laughs> but remember when you was a kid, I don't know, my friends were weird. They would say, well, that also means you can't kill a bug. You can't kill, <laughs> you can't kill a bug. <laughs> but we all know these commandments are hard to follow, right? So when God was giving the Ten Commandments, he was giving the commandments as a step one. Tell your neighbor, step one. It was the first step that he was giving them so that they could understand that all of us are sinners. Tell your neighbor, you're a sinner. Tell your neighbor, I'm a sinner too. (laughs) So God gave the commandments as the first step. But are we supposed to stay at step one? No, we're not. I still remember one of my favorite stories about my son, who is now 14, and I don't want to embarrass him, but I love this story. When he first got to kindergarten, he was so excited when he came home. He said, Ma, I know all my numbers. I'm done. I looked at his little sweet, cute face. I said, oh boy, you don't know how far you got to go. (laughs) All he had did was learn one through 10. And I knew he still had to learn how to add and subtract and multiply and divide and fractions and geometry. He had a long way to go, didn't he? So when God gives us the commandments, those were the first steps, the first steps that he was trying to get us to understand. And we still had a long way to go. Do you all know that there are 613 other commandments in the Bible? 613 commandments. Let me tell you some of those commandments. Let me ask you, do you mess up on this commandment? Do not bear a grudge. I was like, oh, I'm in trouble. I got a couple grudges right now. (laughs) Do not speak in a derogative way to others. That means don't put other people down, no name calling, nothing. Everything you say about that person is uplifting and encouraging. Who got that one right? Let me put my hand down because I ain't got that one right either. (laughs) Do not be superstitious. Superstitious. That one surprised me. Because how many of you all were raised with some superstitious parents? Throw the salt over your shoulder. (laughs) Don't put the hat on the bed. Don't don't put a crack in the mirror. Oh, don't stand on that crack. (laughs) Oh, don't split the pole. (laughs) Wait, what you say, Mary? Oh, don't walk under the ladder. Which one you got? Oh, don't sweep your feet with the broom. Y'all got some good ones. I never heard the broom one. (laughs) But don't be superstitious. So how many of us got that one wrong? Men, 
One of the commandments says, do not shave the hair off the sides of your head. <laughs> you, you got that one down, Walter? <laughs> Marvin, what about you? you don't shave. <laughs> Us ladies, women must not wear men's clothing. Men's clothing. Do not wear men's clothing. Back in the day, that meant don't wear pants, right? (laughs) We all messed that one up. (laughs) This one was funny to me because this one said, have children with one's wife only. So you're only allowed to have a child with only your wife. I said, oh boy, a bunch of people messed that one up. When we look at these commandments, we know that most of them we cannot follow, right? We, cannot, we can't even get the 10 right. In the movie, you'll see that they are so focused on the Sabbath. They're all getting ready for the Sabbath. What is the Sabbath? It's the seventh day, right? The Lord's day. What you supposed to do on the Sabbath? Rest. Can you do any work? No, none at all. Not one thing. You can't drive a car. Recently, and I forget that we have a large population of Jewish folks over in Cleveland Heights. And for some reason, oh, I know the reason. I was going to pick up a young person for choir rehearsal, and I was driving into Cleveland Heights. I hit them brakes so fast because the streets was so crowded like a protest march. I mean, they were all in the middle of the street. Jewish folks walking to temple, to synagogue. They were walking. And it shocked me. I was like, wow, they really do walk to church. How many of y'all walk day to day? (laughs) And I'm telling you, this was just in January when this happened, y'all. So the snow was high. It was icy. It was cold. And they were outside walking. We're not supposed to do anything on the Sabbath. How many of y'all do stuff on the Sabbath? We all do. The Sabbath was yesterday. <laughs> Some of y'all was getting y'all hair done. <laughs> Some of y'all was driving, going shopping, doing housework. <laughs> God never intended for us to be rule followers. Rule followers. This was not a long-term solution. Tell your neighbor, it's not long-term. So why would God put all these commandments in place knowing that we could not accomplish them all? He, go ahead, Karen. To, To establish the order, to establish the foundation, to make sure we understood there is a step one. But let me show you what step two is. You see, God knew that there is only one holy, holy, holy person that can possibly follow every single commandment. That person had to be without blemish. That person had to be spotless. That person had to be perfect. Tell your neighbor, perfect. The only one that can accomplish every commandment without missing a beat, named Jesus. 
That's the only one. He wanted us to acknowledge that we are sinners. Tell your neighbor again, you're a sinner. We are sinners. Tell your other neighbor, I'm a sinner too. Marvin's so ready. You ready? You said saved by grace. I loved it, Marvin. I love it. You see, we, we try to rush through sin. We want to talk about it just a little bit. But the whole season, Ash Wednesday, Lent, is a, a recognition of our sin. An admittance that we are sinners in need of a Savior. Say the words, I am a sinner. I'm a sinner. And you see, what God was doing in step one was helping us to recognize that we're sinners. Because most every day, we don't even recognize that we're sinners. We think we're doing pretty good. Tell your neighbor, you're not doing good. You're still a sinner. So what is sin? Sin is a debt that we owe. Sin is bondage. Sin becomes a way of life. And we see that every single day in our world. Tell me some examples of sin that you see right now in the world. When you leave the building, what sin will you see? Anna? Sins of the mind. Hatred. Yeah, you you already hating on people in your head. Right? What other sin? Envy. Pride, jealousy. I mean, we see this now. Violence, hurting your neighbor. Lay Pastor Walter mentioned Ukraine in his prayer. It still boggles my mind that you can look over there and you know you live right here and you can go over there and say, That's my house, that's my land. I don't care you right there. I'm about to take your stuff. How many times have that that occurred in history? Colonialism? We just going to Africa. That's our land. We just coming over to America. All those Native Americans, y'all not there. We can't see y'all. We're going to take all the land. The Trail of Tears. Taking your land. And we can't, sometimes we as black people, we can't get lofty. And think that our people have never done anything. One thing during this Black History Month, another thing that I've learned, is that many of the Africans actively participated in selling their own people. And when they would sell their people, they made money. Do you know, it is very wealthy Africans right now who are very wealthy because of the money they made from the slave trade. Sin. Sin. We are all sinners. All sinners. And and I know we want to get to grace, but before we get to grace, we got to recognize the sin. The sin, the bondage. You see, sin is a bondage. It's a debt that we owe. And when we look at this movie, The Chosen, we're going to see a disciple. His name is Matthew. And Matthew was a tax collector, and he was Jewish, but he had a job. Say a job. What was his job? He was the collector of the taxes. 
So he had to go not to just the Romans. He had to go to his own people and take their money. And, you know, we, we in tax season right now. Anybody filed their taxes? It's a painful experience sometimes. You know, my husband and I was filing our taxes, and all since they started giving out them stimmy checks, I said, we're going to pay this money back. It's going to be hurtful. These old, back, back in the spring, we was like, stimmy checks, stimmy checks. <laughs> now it's tax time. Got to pay it back. Some of y'all getting a refund. Some of us ain't getting no kind of refund, and we got to pay them stimmy checks off. (laughs) Matthew was the tax collector who had to go to the Jewish people and take their money. And it's not like today where it's online or you mail it in or you got a piece of paper and you fill it out. The person physically had to go house to house, door to door, and say, give me your money. That meant that the single mom who was in the house with children who didn't have enough money, guess what? They took the money anyway. That meant that the senior citizen who maybe needed some medication or needed a house to live in that needed some help, whatever that person had, it got taken. It didn't matter. The tax man got paid first. And because Matthew was Jewish, His people looked at him and said, you're hurting us. You are doing something to us. How many times have we as black people looked around at our other black people and said, what's wrong with you? You're going to have to give up your black card. Because it seems like this particular black person isn't supporting the cause. Right? Matthew wasn't supporting the cause. He had a job to do. But that job labeled him as an outcast, as a sinner. And no one wanted to be bothered with Matthew. How many of y'all got some tough jobs? Anybody got a tough job? Do y'all like everything you do at your job? Teachers, y'all got parents that's acting out of control. Nurses, healthcare Y'all got patients that's losing their mind. But you still got to do your job, right? Matthew was the same. He still had to do his job, even though it caused pain. You see, Matthew did not create sin. Sin was already established long before he got his job. Sin was already in the picture long before Matthew came along. It's always been in the picture since we go all the way back to Adam and Eve. We are born into sin. Born into sin. We take that first breath of life, guess what we breathe right in? The sin. We are born into sin. How do we know this every single day of human history? From the time of Adam and Eve, once they got kicked out of the garden, every single day there has been a sin. Someone is being killed. Someone is being stolen from. There's envy. There's violence. There's gossiping. There's cursing. There's lying. There's so much sin around us. 
Sometimes I don't know how we stand it all. We are born into what is called total depravity. Say depravity. That means from day one, we are sinners. And I know you're struggling to believe, Pastor Kelly, how can a little bitty baby, a little innocent baby be a sinner? Tell your neighbor that baby is not innocent. Not innocent. If we would recognize our sin from day one, say day one, we would be in a lot better place. In the book of Romans, it says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the what? The glory of God. It says again, for who? All. All. Every single human. Every person that is gone, that's here now, and yet to come, are sinners. So I want to go back to that idea when I said sin is a debt. A debt is something we owe to somebody else. So how do we pay this debt? How are we released from bondage? A price must be paid. Last sermon, I talked about the word redeemed. I said, Jesus redeemed us. And I asked you all, what does it mean to be redeemed? And I want to go deeper into the word redemption. Say redemption. Say, I am redeemed. Redemption means a price is about to be paid for you. Redemption requires payment. You see, can a person be saved without a payment? Yes, in a way they can. Think about this. If you stand on the corner, right here on, on 79th, I'm, I'm in the wrong place, but if you're on 79th and I'm standing right here and I'm on my cell phone and I'm not paying attention and I'm about to pay, walk in the street and get hit by a car, can you pull me back and save me? Right. You can save my life. But have you redeemed me? No. Redemption comes with a price. You see, a redeeming person has to be paid for. And what Jesus did is he redeemed us. In the book of Romans, it says again, for all have fallen, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Then it goes on to say, and we are justified by his grace. Justified means saved by his grace. Through the redemption, say redemption again, that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation, which means sacrifice, by his blood to be received by faith. The Bible can be wordy, can it? Sometimes we see all these words and we like, oh, I don't, I don't went to sleep on that. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, don't go to sleep. You don't want to miss the best part. In the movie, they're going to say the word redeemed. And I want you to listen for that word redeemed in the movie. Because we are redeemed by Jesus. What is the price that Jesus paid for us? What is the price? The life. Specifically blood. Blood. Say blood. 
In 1 Peter it says, And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were redeemed, say redeemed, from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers. Here is the big answer, how we are redeemed. Not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. The precious blood. Who knows that song? Y'all know that song. Nothing but the blood of Jesus, right? The precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Whose blood paid the price? Can any blood be substituted? Can Michael's blood be substituted? What about Renee? Sharon must be Sharon. It's blood, right? We all got the same blood, don't we? <laughs> Not that blood, right, Walter? What'd you say, Karen? That's right. You see, sin, sin is down to the core of our being. It's in our, in our cells. It's in our DNA. It's in our air, in our breath. It's in every part of us. Even our blood. So there is no way, no how, that we can pay, pay the price that Jesus paid for us. There is only one. One whose blood cleansed, say cleansed, cleansed and washed away all of our sin. Only one. And his name is Jesus. Jesus. Here's the big question for you today. Will everyone be redeemed? No. Will everyone have the opportunity to be redeemed? Yes. Who will be redeemed? That's it. That's it. One of our young people, it is the most precious conversation that I've had since in the pandemic. One of our young people called, his mother called me on the phone. And he says, Pastor Kelly, what do I need to do to be saved? And he's like eight years old. And I, it's very simple. You just got to believe that Jesus died for you. You got to say, I am a sinner. I believe in God who died on the cross for my sins. And I accept you into my heart. And this eight-year-old said, is that it? He said, is that it? And I said, that's it. You would think it's so complicated that you got to follow 613 rules plus the Ten Commandments. You would think that you had to give all of your belongings. You would have to do everything to get this gift. But you don't have to do all of these things. You have to do but one. What's that word with the B? Believe. Accept that we're sinners. Believe that he died on the cross and accept him into our hearts.
It's just that simple. Tell your neighbor it's that simple. Here's the hard part. Will everyone believe? They will not. We see it in our world today. We even see Christians acting like they're Christians when they're not really Christians. You cannot say you love Jesus, whom you have not seen, and turn around and hate your brother or sister whom you have seen. You cannot say, I don't like black people, or I don't like white people, or I don't like Hispanic people. Because guess what? We all God's people. He died for all of us. He died for every single one of us. You can't say you don't like men or you don't like women because you in a whole lot of trouble. Because Jesus chose men and women to preach his word. Saints, we got to get ourselves together. Tell you that we got to get it together. There are a bunch of believers out in the world. And the only way they will come to know Jesus is if one of us say something. How did you become a believer? Who talked to you about Jesus? Somebody. Your wife, your grandmama, your daddy, your next door neighbor, your Sunday school teacher, your teachers at school. Look at last week we had Wade Park. They learning Christian songs at school. Think about that. Somebody said something to them. Somebody said something to us and it changed our lives. In the movie you're going to watch this week, it says, can you tell a believer, it doesn't say this, these are my words, can you tell a believer from the unbeliever? Can you tell a believer from an unbeliever when you watch this movie? Can you tell a believer from an unbeliever? You should be able to. Sometimes it's a challenge, right? But you should be able to. Mary Magdalene says in the movie, and this is how you can tell that she is a believer. She says, here is one thing I can tell you. I was one way, and now I am completely different. And the one thing that happened to me in between was him. My friends, are you changed today? Is there anything different about you today because you know Jesus? Is there anything that reflects on your life that you are a chosen person of God? If there is anything about you that's special and unique, that's different, it's because you know Jesus. That's the only thing that, that brings us some salvation around here, right? So next week, we're going to be watching the third part of the series. And today we talked about the Sabbath. Last week, we talked about I have called you by name. And next week, we're going to talk about Jesus loves the little children.